0: healings are going to really spring forth in the body of christ i saw new mantles coming down on individuals and on ministries with gifts of healing and with that there's going to be an apostolic movement a teaching apostolic movement that's going to restore the truth and just bring back the word of god where it has just sort of been you know almost in some places nullified as far as faith and understanding that in regards to healings and all the things and the promises of god that we receive we we get them through faith and it's been it's been with mixture it's been with false doctrine and we've had these movements before i mean i can remember kenneth Hagin being a great father in the lord there's always times where god restores what's been lost or stolen so expect to see many great healings Um, he he really showed me that cancer is one that he's gonna move powerfully in. that it grieves the Lord there's been way too much of it in the body of Christ and I felt like he showed me he's angry he wants to heal his people and a part of with that apostolic movement to restore the faith and the knowledge of God's Word concerning healing we are going to see more healings because if we don't believe the Word of God if we don't apprehend it through faith I mean you can go all through the scriptures and Jesus was always healing and Jesus was always commending those who had faith. So faith is a very key thing with that. So that's coming. Thank you, God. Oh, and also um, the finished work of the cross, another, another thing that is going to be very restored with apostolic teachers arising that are going to really, because, you know, we've got to have our minds renewed to the word of God. We have to continually do that. And that way, we can rightly discern things like the Lord's Supper. We can rightly discern the promises of God and apprehend them. So that's coming. Um, Okay, I got the cancer. Oh, natural cures are going to be breaking forth even more. And, I mean, I know we're seeing some of that, especially with, you know, natural oils and whatnot. I felt like God was showing me it's something really big, really simple and natural. I don't know what exactly, but. It's coming to the church and the people of God are going to be in a position that's going to draw the world and cause others to come after God's ways of healing. Okay, number two. Number three, um, there's a pendulum swing that's coming this year that's going to restore and ignite true faith in the body of Christ. It kind of goes along with the healing. Um, It's going to powerfully expose and reveal that which is not faith at all, but false doctrine, which crept in and mixed with worldly teaching. So that kind of goes with the healing. Uh, The fourth one, this is my favorite one. Pharaoh and all of his horsemen and chariots are coming down. The fulfillment of this word is going to come forth in much greater magnitude and clarity in this year. This is a word my husband Pete had this back in 2013, and I know it was it was here at Storehouse, and we got really excited about that word then because at the time that he got that word, we were pretty in crisis in America. We were looking for God to do great things, and in election with politics and whatnot, and many many different sectors. So we thought all that was going to happen that year, but what I'm so excited about seeing is in the last year, and I mean, I don't usually get into politics, but I just want to say, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump was anointed and chosen of the Lord. The word that was spoken over him about being a wrecking ball to tear down um, all the things, like, um, what's that word, blanking out on it? Political correctness. He has done so much, I mean, I look at it this way, God can use anybody, right? God knows what's inside of every person, whether you're Christian or not and I think the strength in that man to to keep going in spite of the opposition, in spite of the mockery, no president has ever gone through what this man's gone through. And the truth of it is, he has, it's never been done before what he's accomplishing. You don't get that in our media, that's another thing we prayed about years and years ago, was God cleanse the airwaves, give us people that rightly represent us and represent news and he's doing that. The thing that we're going to see more of in this year, and it's already been happening. Part of Pete's word with Pharaoh uh, coming down was that people were going to leave their posts. They were just going to resign. They were going to flee when nobody's pursuing them. You guys, that is happening so fast in America right now. It's happening in politics. It's happening in the news media. You see it happening with talk show hosts. People. It's like the there's just comes a time. Oh, and let me read this verse, because this, this is one of the things he spoke to me, if I can find it. And I'm, I'm about to wrap this up. I don't know where I wrote it, though. Darn, maybe I didn't write it down. Well, I can't find it, but it's a great verse if I do. <laughs> it's not written down on here. Well, the mockers and the scoffers are coming down, and one of the things that he spoke to me was that, you know, that there's always gonna be, the wicked are always gonna continue to do wickedly, and the righteous will continue to do righteously. But there's a time where, you know, the wicked lie in bed at night because they think the power is in their arm to, to get away with doing wickedness, but a day of judgment always comes. And what God's saying to me is, what you are seeing that is already happening across America is going to increase mightily. He's bringing the mockers and the scoffers down. He's going to restore the headship to those that are righteous, those that are honest. And we're going to see some great, great victory, you guys. I'm very convinced of it. Not that there's not going to still be the battles and the trials, it's a fight because the closer we get to the end, the more fierce the fire is going to get, the more fierce the enemy is going to get in the face of those who stand for righteousness. but I'm convinced of this. As far as our nation goes, we have had a demonic thief that has been after trying to usurp our country that has nothing to do with the soul and the heart of the American people. I'm convinced of it. And I know that our God knows that too. And our God fights for us and he's not going to let America just be stolen by Satan. It, there's a battle raging, but I'm convinced the victories this year are going to be over the top. Anyway, that's mine. Sorry, didn't have a
1: little long. Couldn't find me. Peter, come on up. Give this man a hand.
2: Amen. Happy New Year. Well, I was going to start with the church, but since she wound up with, the, with America, I'll start there. Um, you know, last year I spoke a word. I, I was in a time of prayer, and I saw uh, the White House, and I saw an angel of the Lord over the White House with a drawn sword. And I was watching this angel, and the sword turned into a tuning fork. And I knew the tuning fork represented truth. And every time truth was, was spoken... It gave courage and strength and boldness to all those who had a love for the truth. But for those that did not love the truth or had built their life and their their um, confidence in things that were false, it shook everything that they had built their life on. And so, literally, truth is going to triumph every lie of the enemy over your life, over our nation, over everything that's going on. And that's what we're watching. Every time that truth is spoken the Bible says that in the last days, because they did not receive the love of the truth, God gave them over to strong delusion. And we have a nation that is literally delusional. And so, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're upset. They ought to be dancing in the streets, not marching in the streets. And so if they really understood what God's really doing right now, that he brought in a, a, a non-politician really to, to, to shake everything that can be shaken. So, we're in that hour where everything that cannot be shaken, everything that can be shaken is being shaken, and, and it's happening so that those that of us that are uh, the end time remnant army can take and possess the gates of our enemies. You know, the Bible says that in the last days, I said that uh, may, all, may, may you possess the gates of your enemies, and remember when, when Rebecca who is the bride for Isaac. And the servant of the Lord goes and gets the bride for Father Abraham. It's such a picture of the the bride of Christ and of Jesus bringing the bride. But he goes to get the bride, and she's willing to go with him. And so her family blesses her with this word. He says, My sister, may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands, and may all your descendants possess the gates of their enemies. And so, you know, we hear all this talk um, through different prophets and different teachers in this hour about the seven mountains, Okay? And literally, those seven mountains are occupied by demonic principalities, where they ought to be occupied by us, the kingdom of God. And so what's being shaken right now are all the people that are in those different educational kingdoms, in the media kingdom, in the political kingdoms. And literally, that word I had was in 2013. It says that that the righteous would be as bold as a lion, but the wicked men would flee when no one pursues and we see this that i mean it's just the beginning of what i saw back then is just these politicians literally resigning this guy's not going to run again this person's not going to finish his term uh, these media people are losing their places but they're leaving so that we the body of christ can occupy those places and occupy those gates of influence so the the educational kingdom is going to get shaken the the political kingdom the music kingdom is being shaken hollywood is being shaken but god has a remnant that's gonna come into these gates and possess the gates of our inheritance. So this is a time of of, of possessing our gates. Uh, also I had a word back in in last year I kept seeing the number 47, and even a friend of mine called me up and he kept seeing the number 47. And I, I went into scripture in prayer and said, Lord, what are you sowing me? And he said, Isaiah 47. And it was the it was the it was a time of Babylon's exposure, and that the Lord was gonna lift up her skirt and reveal her nakedness. And when I prayed about it, he said, Don't don't try to figure out who Babylon is. You know, as we always teach, it's religion, it's political, it's this, it's this nation or that nation. The Lord said it's on every level that I'm exposing. Everything that's been hidden will be brought to light. And this year, as you've noted, we've seen, you know, exposure after exposure, and it's just the beginning. And the reason why I bring that up is because it is, you know, I sought the Lord for this year, and he says the exposure is just beginning. So you're going to continue to hear things being brought to light that have been hidden in the finances department, in, in areas of, of business and government and politics. And, and Hollywood, of course, is being exposed. But these the exposures are going to continue this year. And it's because God, again, is shaking everything that can be shaken. And uh, he's excited about his church. And what I saw for the church as I was praying this year, he, he, he gave me two things. He said, um, I, I kept seeing a pregnant army. And I, I saw, and that's a weird Description, but I saw the army of the Lord. But she was pregnant, and and I saw uh, uh, as I was watching this army, I saw like o- older saints together with younger saints. And the Lord began to speak to me, and I think I shared some of this last time I was here. Was that it, uh, the older saints were represented like, uh, you know, um, like Elizabeth? You know, she was past the age of bringing forth a child when she got pregnant with John the Baptist. But when Mary, the younger generation, greeted her, that that she was pregnant with leapt in her womb and came alive. I mean, it was alive in her. And, and that's what it is. It's like when these generations get together, because a lot of saints that are have promises from times of intimacy with God, they got pregnant in the past with a purpose, with a cause, and it's almost like God has passed me by. And everything now is for the next generation. I'm excited about what we see, but but God's not going to use me. Well, I'm telling you, God is going to use you and, and that pregnancy that you were with, that you think... Was, was so long ago that maybe the Lord's passed you by. Uh, the Lord gave me this scripture, John twelve twenty four, where it says, Unless a grain of wheat go into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it, it reproduces after its own kind. And so the death of the vision... That's been in so many of the saints where they think that God's passed them by, that he's through with me. There's a resurrection life of that that you were pregnant with in the past. And this is a year of birthing those things, those promises. That's why when Debbie got that that song, that uh, that Psalm 126, the Bible says that we were like those who dreamed dreams and our hearts were filled with laughter and, and our voice was singing. There's a new song and a new sound and a new joy that gives us strength to give birth. You know, the Bible says that the Lord spoke over the waters the lord the voice of the lord caused the deer to calf there's a voice of the lord that's being uh, that's going to speak even through the younger generation that are pregnant with the end time move of god but they can't get where they're going without us and so when when john the baptist was 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 what elizabeth was pregnant was when when he got together with jesus and they came together if you remember what happened the spirit of the lord descended and remained and it found that resting place that it had been looking for and so there's a resting place that God's going to bring as these generations, as as the vision that I have gets together with the vision that the next generation has, the vision that you have, as we all come together with what with, with God is birthing this year, there's a strength to give birth. The Lord says, I'm not a God who brings to the point of birth and does not give strength to deliver. And the, God is going to give strength to deliver those promises, those purposes, those plans, those destinies that have been dormant in the church. And, and I got this scripture about... Uh, this morning I was just praying and, and the, the last thing he spoke to me he says the, the, the house of Saul is growing weaker and weaker where the house of David is getting stronger. And so I looked up that verse and it's 2 Samuel 3 verse 1 and it says that there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And I remember it's almost 20 years now that the Lord was speaking to me about the Davids being driven out of the house of Saul. I mean 20 years. I mean you, when you... The thing about the prophetic I, don't, I still don't understand is like you get it, it's on you, it's so a part of you, you're thinking like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and here it is, you know, and here it is 20 years later, And and there was a mass exodus even back then out of what we called church because the Lord said, I'm shaking the structure that's been called my house to reveal the people who are my house, and so the Lord has been lifting his grace slowly off the old st- structures that we called church where everything flowed up to Saul, you know, Saul... Saul's kingdom was all about him. He brought the best of his sons, the best of the sheep and the oxen, everything to work in his fields. It was all about Saul, and he was jealous of one man's anointing. And yet David was able to release the captains of hundreds and the captains of fifties and the captains of thousands to go out and do great exploits because it was all about the kingdom of God and the earth knowing that there was a God in heaven, a God in Israel that represented. And so there's a, there's a heart change that, that God's been doing in this long season because he's so merciful to bring people because he, he deals with the issues of the heart. And he's dealing with the issues of the heart of his church so that she, he, she comes out in that kingdom of David, that David anointing, is is being birthed in the earth now and and so people that were uh micah chapter 4 verse 12 says that i will gather the outcast and those that i have wounded i'll make the outcast a mighty remnant and the wounded a strong nation and so the lord allowed a lot of people to get hurt in old structures and old wineskins in order so that they would get plugged into something that god wasn't going to bless and so it's a painful experience that people are and if you remember like when nehemiah and and when they came out of babylonian captivity to build the new walls they mocked him. They said, what are you going to do? Are you going to build it with the burnt stones that are just on the ground here? And, you know, that's exactly what he did. He took the burnt stones, the stones that have been burnt through religion and traditions of men and through past moves of God are the very stones that God's using to raise up the walls of the new Jerusalem. And that's those are people. And so this, what God's doing is is through the through the, uh, we're coming out of captivity. There's a new strength and a new birthing of this wineskin that God's doing. And the Lord said this to me. He says, people are going to rejoice for the things that I didn't allow them to accomplish. (laughs) A year that you'll rejoice that your plans were thwarted by God. That's what I wrote down. And there's so many things that we, it's like, we, you know, we get a revelation from God, and we're like, okay, I'll take it from here, (laughs) you know. And, and, and it's so good that God interrupts us to get us into his best. And so many times it's like, I, I heard myself say this one, it's like everything God promised you, God's going to do everything that he said he would do, but it'll be nothing like you thought it was when he said it. It'll be with a different people, a different place, and a different uh, time. And yet it's all because the process of God. And that seed has to go in the ground and die. When Joseph received the dream... It says his, his, his feet were put in shackles and his soul went down into the pit. The, the word of the Lord tested Joseph until the word of the Lord proved him true. And the word of the Lord, the promises of God, it will test you. It'll, it'll burn your flesh. The word of the Lord is like silver, seven times refined. And the word of the Lord that's in you, the promise of God, the destiny that's in your life, it will test you and refine you until it's time to give birth. And I'm excited like Debbie. It's a time of birthing in the earth. It's a time of birthing in the church. And we're going to be rejoicing. It's, it's a, because there's a joy that gives you strength to give birth. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Where there's a strength for birthing, but it's coming with joy. Amen. One more thing. Israel, uh, when I was praying, I, what I saw for Israel was that um, I got Hosea 11, 10 and 11. And it says, The Lord will roar from Zion and bring his sons trembling from the west. They shall come trembling to him like a bird from Egypt and like a dove from the land of Assyria. And I believe there's going to be conflict this year with Israel, and I believe it's going to be a supernatural intervention by God, and it's going to be that um, like Israel's going to know that God did it, the enemies of Israel are going to know that God did it, and all the earth is going to know that God did it. And uh, I'm not talking about Armageddon, <laughs> but it is a but it is a, a conflict, I believe, that'll, that'll be this year. and uh, But what's going to happen is it's going to cause... Israel, the Lord says, "I'll roar from Zion, and I'll bring my sons trembling from Assyria and from Egypt." So we'll see what happens, but I believe they'll be coming into Israel to find a home, find a place. Amen. Yes.
1: Thank you, Peter Schneider.
2: <laughs> I got it all typed out. It's
1: it's so that I know this is the your. I'm a I'm very pro notes. (laughs) Keeps me on track. So a couple of things that I want to emphasize the promises of God. Again, uh, Hebrews six, chapter 12 says this. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. We've talked a lot over this uh, past few months about faith, being agreement with heaven, being fully convinced that God is able to do what he has promised. But there is also perseverance that is necessary to inherit the promises of God. So in this time of waiting, continue declaring, continue praying the promises of God in the written word. Your dreams and visions and your prophetic words will be very important. But even these need to be grounded in the written word of God. So if you've had a dream or a vision or a word that you've just been like, God, where is this? Start opening your Bible and find written word promises with that and, be, and, and include that in your prayers. 2 Peter 1.3, he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we, through the promises of God, get to participate, get to partake in the nature of God. So all the more important. The life of Enoch has been emphasized a great deal over these past few years. And it will continue to be emphasized, and I believe in an increasing measure. I think it's important that we have a biblical understanding of who Enoch is, there are a number of writings out there I won't get into to recommend. But the core thing I want to highlight right now that the scripture says about Enoch is that he walked with God and was taken up. God wants his people to enter this realm of being taken up in the spirit, Revelation one. But when it comes to the life of Enoch, what I think God is going to be emphasizing in this time, in this year, in this coming years, is that he walked with God. Walking with God, and and so let us seek to be those about whom heaven says, Matthew walked with God. Tracy walked with God. Bob walked with God. Walking with God by faith is the condition for a lifestyle of being taken up. Israel, gain understanding regarding God's heart and purpose for Israel. What is happening with Trump's declaration that the U.S. Embassy will move to Jerusalem is of great significance and a massive sign of the times. Zechariah 12, 1, the Lord who stretches out the heavens, who lays the foundation of the earth, and who forms the spirit of man within him declares, I am going to make Jerusalem a cup that that sends all the surrounding peoples reeling. Judah will be besieged as well as Jerusalem in the last days. That's the last phrase my own little comment. This is what this is prophesying about. Um, on that day when all the nations of the earth are gathered against her, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock for all the nations and all who try to move it will injure themselves. It is of extreme importance that our nation continues to stand with jerusalem and with israel we need to be praying for our nation and praying for trump and praying for his administration as this move is being made Um, i see a couple of things too praying for the church in israel is of absolute significance we can't just get so caught up in praying for israel and jerusalem that we forget there's believers in there that are actually being persecuted because of their faith in messiah so i see the saints of in israel entering a time of greater blessing and persecution. Blessing will include a gospel preached with power, apostolic communities forming, and a unifying of the bride in Israel, a gospel going out from Israel to the other nations, and an increase of believers serving in the Knesset, the Israeli parliament. And, per, and persecution being targeted messianic, leaders and church leaders and politicians who are believers, and I see them being increasingly accused of anti-Semitism because they believe in Messiah and believe that uh, their fellow Jewish brothers in the Lord need Messiah. So pray for unity, strength, and the power of the Holy Spirit for the believers in Israel. Amen. Lindsay Hatch, come on up.
3: Hi, everyone. Um, Real quick, while we were in worship, I was just um, feeling like, um, I'm a teacher, I teach high school students, seniors, juniors, high school, you can remember it, kind of. Um, I just felt like this is the year of going deep in the scripture. And I just felt like some of the things that you, the way that you learned when you were a child, it could still be being carried with you as you try to study the scriptures. And I just kind of felt like the Lord wanted to break some of that off. So I was just like in worship seeing if anybody had a learning disorder as a child or even in high school, maybe you don't feel like you're a good student. Maybe uh, you you haven't been a Christian for very long and you feel like you're new in the faith. Maybe you don't have a strategy for studying the scriptures. Whatever it is, I just feel like the Lord wanted me to pray for you um, to just open that up. Because really the Lord has, it's on his heart for you to understand the scriptures. Even the hard ones, even Revelation, even what you might feel might be the the hardest prophetic book. The Lord has designed it for you to understand it. It's on his heart for this year for you to go deep in the scriptures. So I'm just going to pray for you. Lord, I just bless um, everyone here right now. I just take authority over any fog, any um, things spoken over them about their learning ability, anything they remember from school, any um, lack of concentration, um, ADHD, any anything along those lines that would... Uh, distract them from concentration this year as they study the word. I just declare Ephesians 1 over them right now that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God that these scriptures would open up and they would understand the character and nature of Jesus this year more than ever before. Amen. Okay so um I just want to leave with you um two prophetic pictures and um like four scriptures but um The first prophetic picture I got, and Daniel, do you mind putting it up there? Um, I was asking the Lord a famous iconic painting, um, but it's interesting how this painting was painted in 1889 and how um, the Lord even then was declaring um, the scriptures out into the earth um, even through this painting. Because I was asking the Lord what year this was, and um, again, we're talking about going deep in the scriptures, but I heard him say it's the year of deep darkness. And in my mind, I was like, immediately went to Isaiah 60, which has been a a prophetic signpost for us along the way. Um, Isaiah 60, it says, "'Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and thick darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising.'" So Isaiah 60, um, a lot of people highlight the glory of the Lord coming on the saints, but it's like I saw the Lord's hand, um, like from Daniel, where he writes on the wall, you know, the hand of the Lord. It's like I saw the hand of the Lord just taking a dimmer switch and dimming it down, right? And in your heart, you're like, ooh, like deep darkness, ugh, you know, but it actually was comforting to know that the Lord was in control, that the Lord is in control. And so I started kind of taking apart this picture of the painting, And um, there's a lot of prophetic symbols that the Lord wanted to illustrate, and I wanted to leave you with the picture because I felt like it was a picture of the season. But in the bottom, you can see Venus, the morning star. It's Jesus rising, right? And even it's an impressionistic painting, and you can see a lot of turmoil up above and kind of a lot of movement. But the moon is there as well, which is the reflection of Jesus. So that would be like the stars in the sky and as well us, just the shining. But you can see also down in the, in the foreground, you can see um, the steeple in the church and the city. And I just felt like it just represented storehouse, the city on a hill that can't be shaken. And in the, far, in the nearest to you, you can see the cypress tree. And um, trees are always usually a symbol of leadership but also the cypress, um, it's kind of a symbol. A, they used it to build the temple. It's also in Isaiah 60. It says, The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the plain, and the pine, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I make the I will make the place of my feet glorious. And I just felt like um, the Lord was just saying, you know, build the house of prayer. And the cypress is also a symbol of um, immortality. kind of makes you think of mourning and um death all of those things but i felt like this year um the power of the cross and what jesus did to defeat death is going to become so real to you i don't know if you think about your immortality ever like i kind of do i don't know if you do but um you know we will live forever you know and the way i know matthew now and even my husband now or people that i know now we only see each other dimly but i'm only going to know you better and better from now until eternity, the second we cross over into our glorified bodies, I will know you uh, the way the Lord sees you. And I'll never not know you. I'll only be growing in love with you um, until the end of time, which is, if you think about that, um, it's an incredible thing to think about because he really did conquer death. And I know that when you lose someone close to you, it's very hard because you're missing them. And it's a sensitive issue, but he really did conquer it, and we really will live forever. And just the saints understanding that, and you can see that the leaders um, in the church are going to have an understanding of that because of the things that are swirling around us in the tumultuous times that we're living in. Um, Just a revelation of what it means to really live forever with the Lord is gonna come to us like never before. And I just encourage you to study that out because it really will strengthen you in the fact that um, we really will live forever. We really will not die. And he really did conquer that. And that was the final thing, you know? And um, so I just wanted to share that picture with you. Uh, The other thing that, um, oh, about immortality. Just that I have really been feeling like uh, Romans 1, 18 through 22 talks about the glory of God. So you have this picture of the glorious ones. Even Isaiah 60 talking about the glory of God coming and rising on you, right? The light, the burning, the inward burning of the Lord on the inside of you just resting on you, right? So as the dim light comes, you're going to shine greater with his glory, and so when you think about what is the glory of God, what does that look like? It look can look like a lot of different things, right? In this picture, it's emphasized by the light in the sky. But um, even in Daniel um, 12, it says, Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Right? So we're going to be burning from the inside out. But um, when you think about the glory of God and his immortality, I looked at Romans 1. And it talks about um, how the glory and nature of God can be seen in nature all around us. And it says that who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain because God has shown it to us, right? For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And then it goes on to say that what they did was is they claim they claimed to be wise but they became fools and they exchanged the glory of the immortal god for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things and so i just felt like he was saying Lindsay, when you begin to see the glory of god arising whatever that looks like because we may not know it's arresting, it's disconcerting, it takes up your time, your effort, your energy, and what they did at the Mount Sinai, when they, when Moses said, the glory of God is here, they said, we don't want the glory, we want to make an idol, and they exchanged immortality for that idol, and I felt like the Lord was saying, don't do that, go after the immortal reality of the eternal things of God, and go deep in him, Because you may see the glory and you may reject it. If you're not paying attention, you may reject the glory of God because that's exactly what they did. They wanted something that they could see, feel, touch, relate to. They didn't relate to the glory of God at all. It made no sense to them. And we probably won't either. I don't relate to being on my face flat down can't move for three four or five hours I do not relate to that I do not want to do that I probably want to do something else but if I think in my mind i don't I'm not going to go there then you will not go there and I think that the glory of God is something that's going to be a little bit something like we are not really used to so we don't want to reject it um, so that's that would be the first picture picture two um, on New Year's Day. Um, this year at about 10 o'clock at night my husband Rob and I we went outside to take out the trash and I was hearing like a rustling noise like on the side of the house where I was getting the trash but I didn't think anything of it I didn't I wasn't scared or anything but I just didn't think anything of it Um, and I went down to the driveway and I turned around to see um, a great horned owl flying low across our yard And it went, it was big, y'all. It was very big. And it flew across our yard and it perched up on top of a lamppost, like 30 yards away, where you're just watching it. And Rob was like, go get a phone. (laughs) Like, I was like, okay. So I'm like trying to sneak inside fast and i'm sprinting upstairs you know to get the phone and he comes in he's like it flew away and i was like dang it but we knew on new year's day when we're seeing this owl because we've already seen an owl and we've already kind of been studying it and it's just a prophetic picture of the prophets in this season um owls are night creatures They see in the night. They see differently. They have eye sockets like binoculars. They can see their prey. And so I knew that the Lord was speaking to us about this house and about being a watchman in this hour. And it kind of goes with the other word about um, just being in, in the season that we're in, of darkness, of things getting darker, because we have to be able to see in the night right? But the Lord is equipping us. He's not saying, get out there, you know, it's, you're going to be dark and you can't see. You are going to be seeing, you're going to be seeing like an owl and just seeing that prophetic picture. But, um, uh, and so I feel like the Lord is saying, take your place in the night, watch and pray, become watchmen in the city. And I was already thinking about Psalm 110 as a prophetic scripture for this season, but with seeing the owl, I felt that the storehouse was particularly emphasized. It's a time for every believer to become a watchman. This year, the saints will begin to see the urgency of the hour. They will begin to get involved in churches and in the houses of prayer more than ever before. The Lord is calling many who do not currently play an instrument or sing into the house of prayer. The Lord is calling those who can serve to serve now. It's time to see the glory of the body of Christ like never before. These saints will volunteer freely. That's what Psalm 110 says. In the day of his power, they will they will volunteer freely they don't need to be paid they don't need this incentive or that incentive or a you know beautiful building or some name or anything or some website they will volunteer freely because they understand what's going on um and it says the house of prayer and the praying churches will begin to unify the saints will begin to realize the hour and they will begin to unify this unity will create a net and i see this net is so huge this net is woven by believers linked arm in arm and this net will catch the end time harvest many will realize their role as priests and their authority as kings in 2018. Um, but i just want to read this first because it's so powerful and this is the last thing The Lord says to my Lord, he's talking about Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make the enemy your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You're a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand and he will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with the corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. And obviously, that's a, a now scripture and in an also an M time scripture and also a David scripture, but it's talking about the house of prayer. The realization he's saying he will not change his mind. You are going to be a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, meaning you, your destiny in God is to worship him and to partner with him in prayer and worship all the days of your life. And out of that, you will rule like a king. And this year, you will understand that more than ever before. And he's calling Storehouse up into that. And he wants all of you to be a part of that and building this thing and helping it move forward so other people that don't have a clue what that means because it's a little confusing um, can help, can understand when they see you doing it. But um, amen. That's it.
1: Thank you, Lindsay. Jessica Justice, come on up.
4: Okay. um, When I was praying before I came, I was asking the Lord what he wanted to say. And I heard the phrase, it's not the year of coal, but it's the year of gold. And so I asked the Lord what that meant, and I felt like the coal represented the purification process. Um, In the Bible, the coal would be put on lips to purify and to cleanse, and I felt like the Lord... Um, spoke to me that this past year and this past season has been a a season of purification and um, being in intimacy intimacy with the Lord, and he's just been purifying. Um, And so I felt like he said that this next year would be the year of the gold. Um, For those that have been in the secret place with the Lord, he's going to begin to unveil um, gold within each person, representing their gifts and their callings and their purpose, um, because they've allowed themselves to be purified through the fire. Um, And then I also felt like the coal um, represented—I know back in, like, Christmas, coal would be put in stockings, and people would be disappointed. So I felt like it also represented the discouragement from this past year, that maybe you were hoping for one thing or wanting something, and you you got something different than you expected. But I felt like this next year was going to be an unveiling of the things the Lord had promised— Um, And then I also heard the Lord saying, I'm calling people out of dining with the pigs to come into the father's house. And so I felt like he was calling the prodigals, and I felt like there were people that said, no, no, I should be here with the pigs. I should be here. This is where I belong. But the Lord was calling them back into the house um, and back to sit at the table with him. Um, And I also felt like he was saying that he's going to release like a supernatural forgiveness, and it's a supernatural love that when you feel that love, that you're just overwhelmed with love and forgiveness, and that it's going to bring healing to hearts. Um, And I saw the Lord extending his scepter for encounters and experiencing love um, and releasing treasures of heaven to friends. So those that he calls his friends, those that spend time with him in the secret place, those that um, are pursuing a relationship with him, he's going to begin to give treasures to them. Um, And I also saw um a chalice a drinking cup that the knights would use and i saw the knight sitting at a round table and i felt like that was the lord who's just really um spoke to me about intimacy this next year he's just longing for relationship and i um during worship i just heard him saying i just really want to love i just really want to love um and so i just feel like he's going to impart um the spirit of prophecy in a greater level and also just this love that's like a supernatural love that you're just going to be drawn to um, bring people in because you're, just, you're, just gonna, you're not going to be satisfied until everyone is changed and everyone is transformed. Um, and so I just felt like communion with God and also communion with the body of Christ is really important, to not be isolated but to, to commune with God and commune with others um, and, and to be really um, cautious on who you allow to sit at that table with you and who you allow to speak into your life. Um, and so I also saw the gauntlet which is the the glove that the knights wear and they wear it for protection and i felt like that was the lord saying that he's um there's a protection coming over covenant relationships the people that god is aligning you with for this next season in your life um he's going to be there's like a covering and a protection that's coming over those relationships and those connections um and i also heard him saying i'm unlocking doors through keys given by the spirit of wisdom and revelation and so in this past season, the Lord just um, would begin to speak to me. If I'd cry out to him and ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come, then he'll come. And so I just felt like there was an invitation, if you'll cry out to this, asking God please reveal the spirit of re- revelation and wisdom to me, um, and he'll come. And then the verse that I heard for this year was, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2.9 Um, And so God's been revealing to me through some different dreams and encounters. um, But what I really felt for this next year was there's going to be an outpouring of his spirit for the prophetic and for the spirit of prophecy and for love. Those were the two things that he kept speaking to me. Um, But the one thing that I got during worship was um, I was worshiping and I saw Jesus. And I saw it was as if Jesus had walked in the room and I could see Jesus. And then all of a sudden um, there was all these children around him. And he was like, Jessica, I'm with the children, I'm with the children. And so I felt like there was a special invitation of if you'll go after the children, then you will encounter me. There's a special reward for those that will go and pursue the children. And I just saw fields of children and I felt like the Lord was saying, who's gonna be the father? Who's gonna be the mother to these children? And so I just felt like Jesus said, you'll encounter me when you go after those children. And so um, that's what I felt like the Lord said.
1: Yes, Sharon Porter
5: hi happy new year okay so this is gonna be very brief every year I seek the Lord about the next year you know so towards the end of the year I start seeking about the following year and this year I didn't hear anything till right around the first and I don't look at any emails no snail mail. I don't, um, go online, any websites and no YouTube videos. And so, um, this year I got two unsolicited, um, opinions from people that I highly regard. One is Deb Lewis. He's a missionary evangelist. He just shared today with me, um, what he heard the Lord say and it matched mine. So I was like, yes. And then the other one is someone I highly regard. And She is an intercessor, a lead intercessor, over about 800 intercessors. And she had called me, and she slipped. And I'm like, oh, don't tell me anymore. I don't want to hear it. But it matched. And so thank you, Jesus. Um, So basically, um, what Janie, my friend, said, uh, she said, I hear new things, new beginnings. So I know Debbie already kind of shared that. I'm like, she's stealing my word. Um, So this, I don't want to add to the Lord's word because he's really dealt with me about prophecy. Speak what I say and don't add to it, Sharon. So I'm going to read it, if y'all bear with me. So the, oh, and by the way, okay, so hang on, wait till the period at the end of this sentence, because you might, it might, um, it might um, alarm you if you don't wait till the period, okay? All right, so I don't want you to be alarmed, because this is all good. For the Lord would say 2018 is a year of desperation and clinging to the Lord as he transitions and catapults you into the new. For many are being launched into a new season, and it will be quite a ride, the ride of your life and the ride of the unknown, places you have never been or experienced For the Lord says, fasten your seatbelts, for he will tear you away from the old and into the new, so you can enjoy the the ride. And don't look back. The Lord says, don't look back at the past, previous hurts or failures, and don't even look back at the good and the successes, like Lot's wife. For I, the Lord, want you to focus on the future, where good be Would turn into great. 2018 will be a year of increase, a year of increase in love, relationships, finances, business, ministry, and manifestations of my spirit. That includes healings, signs, wonders, miracles, prophecies, etc. Believe my prophets and you shall prosper. Take off the old garments of despair worry, doubt, and put on the new garments of hope, life, and love. For 2018 will be a year of great joy and fulfillment if you will cast off the old and step into the new. And this is what I saw. Uh, I saw a ship, and the ship said, great. And I saw a dock, and the dock said, good. And so the Lord said, pray that my people will embrace this new journey, this new voyage. And that they, will be willing, that they will be willing to jump off the dock into the boat of great. So going from good to great. So let it be done according to your word. Amen.
1: Thank you, Sharon. And finally... Tracy Eckert.
6: Thank you. How are you guys doing? Does anybody need to get up and do an exercise or, you know, calisthenics or anything? Oh, isn't it great? Now, here's what I want you to do. Here's a little instruction. Now, you can see kind of some threads in there, can't you? None of us, for prophetic integrity, none of us talk to each other. We. All, I just told everybody, okay, I want you to hear from the Lord and then release what he says in five minutes or less. Blah, blah, blah. And, um... And so I feel like everybody's done a really good job of that. And you can kind of see some of the common threads. So I want you, as you're writing it down or as you review it, to go through and say, okay, um, this is kind of a theme. Here's another theme. Here's another theme. Okay. So um, the Lord had me titled this year, which is the first time he's ever done this. He said, it is the year of creating with God. And there are seven things that he told me about this year. He said, number one, um, family was going to be highlighted and very important. Um, There was going to be restoring relationships, but not just restoring relationships, but in restoring relationships, creating strong bonds. Um, He said um, that he was going to be placing the lonely and the lost in spiritual families. And I had this dream, and in the dream, I saw this girl who was unloved, unwanted, um, she was she was like the most unpopular person in her realm of social people. And um, and we, as a family, as Storehouse, we gathered her in to let it rain. Woo! I actually talked to the Lord. I planned that rain. Lord, you're a little earlier. I'm a little late. But that's supposed to come at the end. So anyway... Uh, So we we gathered this this girl in and we set her at a table and we set this table with the most glorious silverware, China. It was the most it was so beautiful and 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 it was kind of a U-shaped table. And she came to it and there was big chandeliers and it was all for her. The whole thing was for her, and we planted these trees around this table, and all the trees had purple leaves, which is the fear of the Lord, but we planted these trees, and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is really a lot, you know? And I mean, I myself am even so, I'm almost offended by the extravagance of how much we were loving this girl who nobody loved. And we were a bringer into the house. And the Lord said, this is why I'm giving you the the eyes of an owl. is because you're going to see the lost. You're going to see those that are hurting. You're going to see those who are depressed and in the darkness. And you're going to bring them into your family. And he told me, he said, I have been creating in all of us this small little knit family. And we've been strengthening our bonds with one another and loving one another and helping one another and seeing one another and believing in one another. And he said, so that I'm going to start bringing in the lonely. I'm going to start bringing in the desperate and the lost. And I was like, all right, praise the Lord. Woo! Um, the other thing he said is, um, as far as family, he said, I, I'm going to start um, bringing revival to the children. He said, the children worship and, and miracles are going to break out in the children's ministry this year. Um, yeah, amen. I command it in Jesus' name um then he went in for the rest of the time that he was talking to me he went in and he began to say this is the year and he began to talk to me about this when the change of the year the hebrew year he began to say you are literally in the book of haggai and 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 you are wa- i am walking you watch me i'm going to walk you guys through the book of haggai and this is this year okay and and this is what he told me he said listen i've talked to you about um I said to you, hey, stop building your own house. I'm building the house of the Lord. We're going to rebuild the house of the Lord. And um, I'm going to cause everybody then to come and begin to give their time and their money and their efforts towards building the house of the Lord. And that's the season that we've been in really since the first of the Hebraic year. We really didn't start all of this, even though we were all in a season of waiting. But anyway, so, so there we were, and all of us have been, either sawed or painted or I mean it's just been so amazing how many people have come out to to serve in the house of the Lord. And listen, if you haven't, I don't want you to miss out on this because we're having a lot of fun and there's a huge blessing attached to it because the Lord commanded it. So if you haven't done it, it's going to be again this Saturday. We're going to have a great work day, so you need to get out there. Okay. Number one, listen to what he did. He said in verse 12, uh, chapter 1 of Haggai, it, he called the whole community. And he prophesied, he brought the prophets to prophesy and say, stop doing what you're doing and gathering all of your own stuff to make and build your own houses because it's now time to build the house of the Lord. And so they all heard the word of the Lord and they said, we're going to turn and we're going to be about the business of the Lord. And he said, if you'll do this, then you'll see in a minute there's a tremendous blessing in it. But it says here that they obeyed the voice of the Lord and the word of the prophet. Okay? And so the whole community responded with money, and they responded with work. Then the, the third thing that the Lord told me, he said that um, the Lord is calling us to rebuild the altar and the order of the priesthood of the temple. And that's what they did. The minute that they they got the temple rebuilt, they immediately did two things. They They began to build the altar for the daily sacrifices again. And then they began to establish the order of the priesthood and the Levites. They said, okay, now we're gonna we're gonna set in place order in the temple so that the temple can prosper. And so I see order coming to our house of prayer. He's bringing order and he's gonna begin to establish step by step, precept upon precept. He's gonna put put he's gonna put boundaries in line. He's gonna put a ceiling on it. He's gonna say, here's the order, one, two, three, four. Oh, wait, there's a spreadsheet that goes with that. And the Spirit of the Lord is going to move in all of that. Hallelujah! God is a God of order. He loves that kind of stuff. My goodness, have you seen the Old Testament? All the details about my head starts to swim when I read about the the Old Testament temple. I'm like, what? How many cubits? What is that? Okay. Uh, so first, he's, he's saying, rebuild the altar of prayer and praise. And Matthew talked about this. Those that walk with God. He is raising us up to be those that walk with God. He is raising us up as a house so that other people in the community are going to begin to say, those are, those, those are the ones, those are the priests that walk with God. Those are the ones that know God. Amen. Second, they assigned the priests to their own divisions, and the Levites already talked about that, to their divisions, to minister to God. They assigned the priests to their divisions and the Levites to their divisions to minister to God. So it's all about restructuring, bringing order, so it's exciting what's happening. Uh, the fourth thing the Lord said and the Lord is calling us to do is to rebuild the priesthood. Um, we are called to be holy with an H holy wholehearted with a w um and and we're called to be happy and joyful in the house of the lord the lord said i am going to establish my priesthood as a psalm 27 people the one thing that i desire is to dwell in the house of the lord all of the days of my life and in that in psalm 27 that he said that there will be joy in the in, in this place as we as we as we Praise God, and we worship as his altar. And we're looking at each other going, can you believe we get to do this? This is amazing. You know, and the Holy Spirit shows up, and the angels show up, and you're just going, the the atmosphere in our house of prayer is going to be so electric that even the lost are going to stop their cars and turn into our parking lot and say, what must I do to be saved? All right, I had a dream. I told you guys about the dream of preparing the way for the bride when I was lighting the way to the altar. And he was saying that our job, he's giving us a job description. He said, your job is, your, is you are in charge of the candlestick. You're in charge of, of lighting the candlestick so that the bride can find her way to the altar for the marriage of the lamb. And I was like, Lord, okay. And the candles were all white. They had to be white. And I, I began to hear as I was putting them, all these candles on this beautiful stairwell. I was putting candles along in the, and there were candles in the uh, by the altar. I, I began to hear as I had the candles uh, on the stairwell, I began to hear the bride I began to hear the sound of the swooshing of her gown as she was making her way at the procession towards the altar for the marriage. I am telling you, we are in the days of the Lord's return. And he is saying, is there a company of people and a family who will light these candles so the bride can find me? We are not called to, to, to get people to church. We're called to get people to Jesus and to bring him to the bridegroom. Amen. Okay. The fifth thing the Lord said, and if you look through the, the book of Haggai, we're still in the book of Haggai because we're rebuilding. Remember, we're rebuilding. And he kept saying all throughout here, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be strong don't be afraid because it's a little frightening because then he goes in, listen, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. And so everything that everybody was saying here is absolutely what the Lord said to me. He said, now listen, you're going to light these candles. These candles are, are not just uh, candles in the light and showing them the way, but these candles are also people. And it's the glory of the Lord, which I'll get into in a minute. But I'm telling you, um, he's going to shake everything that can be shaken so that all will come to the desire of all nations. And then he said, I will fill this temple with glory. And then he goes on to say, um, and he says that this glory that is coming will be greater than the glory of of, of the of the former house, he's saying that the glory that we're about to experience. Listen to me, the outpouring that is coming, and I'm telling you, we are so close to this. And here's how I know, because um, in 1948, when um, Israel became a nation, there was an outpouring called the Latter Rain revival that hit the whole earth and it was an outpouring it was like this big huge pentecostal thing and there was so many healings and miracles and it was just a, a, a just the holy spirit was basically reintroduced to the church and 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 then in in so so as israel goes so the church goes so they're so connected with the land we're so tied to the land of israel and so then in 1967 you've got the six day war where they take back the land of of jerusalem and so now they've got jerusalem back in the land right and and so now you've got that connection again and what happens you've got a charismatic movement and the jesus movement that happens at the same time I'm telling you, with what Donald Trump did is so incredible. It is a marker in time. And it was God himself that is blowing a trumpet that is saying, it is now, wait, wait and watch. Not only uh, what we're doing to, to now that we've acknowledged them as the capital, and you think, ah, oh, that's no big deal. No, I'm telling you, he's also telling them it's time to start building a third temple. This thing is rolling. The train has left the station and i'm telling you those that are not on it are going to be left behind it's like woo and and god is he is the foreman man he's got this thing going and it's so exciting but it's also very terrifying at the same time <laughs> <clears throat> So, here's what we can expect. We know that we're connected to the nation of Israel. We know we're connected to the land. Therefore, when these kind of things happen in the natural, we can expect a spiritual outpouring. And so the Lord told me expect the glory rain to come this year. Amen. Um, He also said, um, uh, number five, the Lord is calling us to uh, to rebuild um, in a way of, of, he said he's going to be pouring out keys to supernatural wealth, and and it's a rebuilding of the Haggai 2, the silver and the gold are mine. Um, For those that have an ear to hear are going to be given um, supernatural kingdom keys to access heaven's wealth. Um, so that's really exciting, um, and then um, I think that's it, he, but I want to I wanna point out something that Matthew said, and I want to point out one more thing that um, Lindsay said. Um, this is going to be th- the glory that's coming. We're not going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that looks like the latter rain revival, or, or oh, yeah, yeah, that looks like the Jesus movement. There's going to be no template for what we're about to see, and Matthew touched on it. It's a very Enochian Type of lifestyle where we're going to be walking with God in such a real way um, that it, it, you know we used to think of our prayer lives as you know begging God or whatever and then if we got really good it was a little bit better than that you know and um, but it is going to be so um, of that oneness with God and walking with God and and reality with God and ascending um, with God and bringing those things down to earth. And so it's not going to, it's going to look a little crazy, but it really is a great year for us. And so I feel so strongly and I was going to, um, I was going to say this about rain and it started raining and I thought, well, that's so awesome. (laughs) Oh, thank you Lord for the props. Um, so the Lord's just saying, you know, the glory rain is coming. The glory rain is coming. And so let us stand. And so what we want to do tonight is I just want to receive this glory rain. I just want to say, God, I receive it. I receive what's coming. God, I pray that you would help me not to judge what it looks like. Father, I thank you that you're bringing order to your church. God, I thank you for what you're doing in America and Israel. I thank you, Father, that we are those that have the eyes to see of an owl, that you have given us eyes, that you're increasing the seer in us, that we're gonna see at night. We're gonna see the lost. We're gonna see the gold and the lost. That we're gonna begin to bring these people into our family. I thank you, Father, that you're giving us an abundance, that we can set the table for the lost. The <laughs> in an extravagant way where we can love them. Father, that they are—they feel so fed by us. They feel so um, connected with us. They feel so honored by us, God. Thank you for the privilege to live in this hour that we have been called for such a time as this, that you have set us as the head and not the tail. You have given us eyes to see and ears to hear, Father, and that we are going to take the mountains. We are gonna take the seven mountains. We're going to ascend the hill of the Lord, and I thank you, Father, for the works that you've been doing even over the past 10 years, and I thank you, Father, that you've been refining us as gold, and we are now, we just declare, God, let it rain. Let it rain, God. We receive your rain, God. We say, God, let it rain in our families. Let it rain in our finances. Let it rain in your church, oh God. I pray that this rain would flow out into the highways and the byways, into the streets, into the families and the homes and the houses, God. We just bless you, and we love you, and we thank you, Father, and we honor you, and we give you our whole hearts and our whole lives. In Jesus' name, 2018, creating with God. Amen.
1: We hope this message was a blessing to you.
3: If you would like to partner with us, you can visit storehousedallas.com
5: forward slash give, Or you can send a text message with an amount to 84321. Thank you very much for your contributions.